uh, using the sort of network structure that we observe in how people are interacting. So Reddit is very useful because uh, you have anonymous users mm -hmm. with uh, some identifier and they post those submissions, uh, which they can then upvote for other people to see or download if they disagree with it. Uh, and then they can also comment on the submissions. And so uh, effectively, once you observe certain people commenting on maybe a new stock, uh, a new opportunity, and then watch them uh, produce new activity uh, from what they've seen, uh, it, it was interesting to think about that as some form of social contagion, which mm. we then wanted to model and more importantly measure, and then somehow relate to uh, what was actually happening in financial markets. Hi everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. Before we get started, I just have a few short messages. First off, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe this podcast. It's the best way to help us grow and help me get on bigger and better guests. Also, don't forget you can pre-order my book, To the Moon, The GameStop Saga, right now by following the links in the description below. We've also got a few quick sponsors for the show today. In the month of November, I'm going to be running a giveaway contest for the subscribers of this podcast. You can win some advanced copies of my book, signed of course, a GameStop voucher worth $50, or a one-year subscription to Riverside.fm Pro worth a whopping $288. All you have to do is follow the steps in the description below. You can follow me on Twitter, sign up to my mailing list, or share the contest with friends. Comedy is a really crucial art form, especially in a world where government power seems to be rapidly expanding. It's one of the most effective ways to speak truth to power. And to that end, today I bring you the Behind the Bits podcast with Scott Curtis, a podcast about the tragedy and triumph of stand-up comedy. Every week, Scott has a new comedian on the show to talk about inspiration for their comedy, the struggles of the industry, and how they find themselves stumbling into the world of comedy. In one of my favourite recent episodes, Scott spoke to Liz Meal, a New Jerseyite who began comedy at 16. The show can swing between hilariously funny and incredibly poignant at times. She spoke about realising the problems you had as a child in retrospect, smoking weed as a waitress, mental health, breaking rules, and the wild roller coaster of performing on stage. You'll get behind the bits wherever you find your podcast. Apple, Spotify, and more. That's Behind the Bits with Scott Curtis, the best podcast to get to know the people behind the jokes. Cryptocurrencies are all the rage these days. Over 100 million people now own cryptocurrency, some for the memes, some for the long-term value, and some for the underlying technology. But there hasn't been a coin or token that has emerged yet that truly replaces cash or currency. This is where Dash comes in. Dash is digital cash, a user-focused cryptocurrency which you can spend anywhere, anytime, and any amount for fees less than one cent. With hashtag DashDirect, people can spend their Dash at over 155,000 major US retailers and get a discount and money back into their Dash wallet. No banks, no fiat, just pure crypto with an average saving of 5%. Anyone can participate in the network 
and Dash is widely available for purchase around the world. The ingenious masternode network means sending any sum of money around the world is as simple as tapping your phone at your local grocery store. So you can say goodbye to slow transactions, complex international account numbers, and high transaction fees. Dash gives you the freedom to move your money any way you want. Grab a coffee, split a check, or pay your phone bill. Dash moves money anywhere to anyone instantly for less than a cent. Lovely. Right, let's do it. So, um, yeah. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Chatter. Today, I'm here with Julian Winkler, a doctoral student at the University of Oxford, Department of Economics, and co-author of the paper, Reddit's Self-Organized Bull Runs. Uh, Julian, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. a pleasure to be here. Yeah, no problem. It's uh, exciting to get to talk to someone about GameStop, and we're going <laughs> to yeah delve into some some yeah deep ideas about data and online communities and how they interact and stuff. So it should be should be an interesting chat. So what what first tipped you off to like the, this this whole GameStop thing, or just like the meme stock phenomenon in general? So GameStop, I don't know so much to be honest. I kind of forget now. Uh, we started working seriously on data from Wall Street bets uh, around March 2020. And I think what really uh, ticked us off back then is mostly conversations that we were having with um, other people, some in finance, uh, some also in, in the university. Uh, and I think the uh, general uh, key point that, that really got us interested is that there have been a lot of those websites around uh, for quite a while. Yellow Finance, uh, The Line, I believe, StockTwits, mm. and academics have already been researching the influence that uh, social media has had on, uh, I guess, investing patterns, especially among retail investors. But Wall Street Bets really came across as the first instance where you could trace uh, trading patterns back to it. So where they were really having an impact on how uh, markets were trading on certain stocks. Mm -hmm. And we got this from uh, some of the people we know in finance, uh, which got us really interested. Uh, also because we kind of come from this background uh, in economics where we want to study social interactions. And Valentina, my co-author, I should mention is is writing her thesis using Reddit data and tracking how communities agree and disagree on certain topics, and so uh, it felt like like an exciting topic to be researching. Mm. Then when it came to GameStop, uh, again, I frankly don't really remember because um, at that point we'd been working on the paper for nine months and uh, we were hoping to get out a draft around that time to share with friends and colleagues. Uh, so it was a rough and, and dirty work. Uh, once we did put it online, it took two days for uh, the price of GameStop to quadruple. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we got a ton of attention and um, it, it, it was stressful in a way, but uh, also obviously extremely lucky to kind of be um, propulsed into, uh, into the mainstream media all of a sudden out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, so you... You've been working on the paper for like nine months about this phenomenon of Wall Street bets before anything like really blew up to do with like GameStop and AMC and all that. That's right. The, the That's right. Stocks. 
that's that's fascinating. So you like stumbled into it by accident, like you were researching this phenomenon before it like yeah blew up. I guess so. And even in the paper, we don't actually uh, use much data uh, from I guess what you would call the GameStop era mm. um, for for various reasons. But uh, I think the examples that we had were already so called bull runs that predated GameStop. So uh, some some interesting examples are Tesla and AMD. Mm-hmm. Uh, so GameStop really wasn't on our mind at all when we were writing this. Okay, so what, what did you find interesting about about Tesla and AMD? Like, what what were the what phenomenon were you looking at when you were when you were studying these? So uh, the key thing we wanted to take away from it was uh, using the sort of network structure that we observe in how people were interacting. So Reddit is very useful because uh, you have anonymous users mm-hmm. with uh, some identifier. And they post those submissions, uh, which they can then upload for other people to see or download if they disagree with it. Uh, And then they can also comment on the submissions. And so uh, effectively, once you observe certain people commenting on maybe a new stock, uh, a new opportunity, and then watch them uh, produce new activity uh, from what they've seen, uh, it, it was interesting to think about that as some form of social contagion, which mm. we then wanted to model and more importantly measure and then somehow relate to uh, what was actually happening in financial markets. So like, were you able to draw um, a lot of correlation between this, this happening? Like, how much? It's, it's difficult for me to imagine beyond... Okay, so the, the GameStop thing has been, obviously, there's a lot of people involved in it and the AMC phenomenon as well yeah certainly there's a lot of a lot of people like yep. i'm talking hundreds of thousands if not like at least a million i think but i think it had eight million subscribers at that point mm-hmm. uh when we so when we actually started to write the paper uh covid just emerged mm-hmm. and so what was popular back then on, on the subreddit was to uh short the um spy etf mm-hmm. so uh, spy broad yeah. exactly the broad market uh, and that was really interesting. And, and there we already observed a tenfold increase in the amount of users and uh, activity rates in general. Uh, so yeah, any, anyways, just to say that. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to like, well, this, this network effect, because yeah, how, and how much, how much impact that these users were having on the stock market prior to, mm-hmm. to like the, the meme stock blow mm-hmm, up that mm-hmm. started in, in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see, like, were you able to draw like, demonstrable correlation between like activity on the sub on, on Wall Street bets and then what was happening in the markets? Correlation, yes. Uh, what was more difficult to establish is the causality, and that's something that we're working on right now. So there are some fancy statistical models that you can use to do that, and this is effectively what we're working on at this moment uh, to really improve the paper, uh, because we do want to somehow get a, an understanding of is this activity really driven by what people are reading? Or, you know, is this still just a reflection of what's going on in the markets? Is it because AMD is doing so well that uh, people are talking about it? Or is it really just because these are people who had never heard of it before and are reading about it for the first time on Wall Street Bets? Uh, so there's, there's kind of this important distinction to be made. And uh, that's what we're trying to do for, for the next versions. Mm. So, because one one of the things that springs to mind for me when I think about uh, like whether retail investor activity is driving activity in the markets is uh, how much it's based on the payment for order flow that's being sold to hedge funds and market makers like like Citadel, for example, from from Robinhood, mm-hmm. where 
they are buying the data and then making trades like ahead of the the, the retail investors. Yeah, really I'm curious think as to whether that's... that's the thing that is like actually driving the the, mm. the. I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, I mean that's really hard to tell, to be honest. <laughs> I think there are certain people uh, who have since GameStop been able to. Um, link certain submissions to actually tick by tick data. So when you look at intraday uh, data, you know uh, who's buying what and when. Uh, uh, and so I think some people have been able to show that, yes, people are buying stocks specifically after a certain submission has been made. Um, but this is not something that we looked into uh, too much. I think what was interesting for us to study when it came to the social contagion was that it's more like a, a sample of what retail investors as a community might be thinking. Mm. And so uh, presumably, if you can observe how these beliefs are transmitting through a network, it probably tells you something about how uh, other retail investors who are not on Reddit uh, are also thinking. Okay. And so uh, certainly... There's a bit more to uh, the retail investor community than just Reddit, uh, but Reddit was a nice opportunity for us to study how they behaved specifically. Yeah, I mean, it's very it's all very on show on Reddit. Do you think, or so yeah, I'll get into that uh, where, where else is taking place in a second, but uh, do you think Reddit as a platform is like the key to this? That it's the, the thing that's making it possible? Because like I've- so That's a really good question. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is something that's, We've been thinking about a lot. Um, inevitably, what it boils down to is what the platform is incentivizing. And so Reddit, uh, not just in Wall Street Bets, but across all other subreddits, uh, it incentivizes uh, virality, right? Through yeah. the upload system, you only see what other people like to see instead of uh, Facebook or Twitter, where you see what sort of your friends see, not necessarily people with similar ideas. Yeah. Um, it's certainly interesting to think about how that sort of changes the, the dynamics of the conversations. And uh, it does appear to be that on Reddit, there is much more uh, spread in sort of information and those memes, et cetera, et cetera. And then possibly also certain things like polarization uh, and most bets as well. Yeah. So because like one of the, the, the things that I've been looking at in the book is it's like to, to what extent was reddit significant in this like to what extent was uh, was that the reason that this was able to happen because it's yeah obviously functions differently to, to most mm. other social networks is you know, like there are no friends on reddit do you know of like, course you, you of course like, okay some people can follow users but you don't have that same, yeah that like, doesn't mean too much yeah some people might think that there are certain zealots, so people who are much more active in the conversations who might start and carry the conversation. Uh, but this has also been sort of, frankly, quite difficult to find good evidence for. So it really looks like it's, it's a bunch of people, and this group also evolves over time quite a bit. So um, the people who are on Ulster Bets today are most likely not the same people who are on Ulster Bets a year ago, let alone two, three, four, five years ago. Uh, but you still, to some extent, observe some of the similar patterns in, in the data of how people are, are carrying the conversations. Hmm. It's yeah, because the 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 thing that I I'm I'm really curious about in your work, and hang on, I get this quote up for you. Um, obviously, it's your thing. So this is from your uh, your article, read a self-organized bull run that was based on the the 
the research he did. So it says users adopt the directional position of their peers such that they reach a consensus. They buy or sell a stock because other users also buy or sell the stock. Uh, this effect is especially large in bouts of selling, pointing to uh, interesting psychological models of investor panic during a downturn. So uh, basically, you're saying that even though you know we're we're all wonderful, rational human beings and very very sensible, that that sort of idea of of humans sort of just all flocking together is kind of to, like you can show that that's possible on online that, that that happens as well um i was wondering if you think that's just like the way humans are in the way they're going to interact with anything um in in either stock decisions or like purchasing investing or just like generally on the internet or in life so uh investing as a social activity is something you can trace back uh to to robert schiller uh, a nobel laureate in economics he wrote some important papers on that topic in the 70s. Uh, so the idea that investing and financial markets are uh, at least to some degree social is certainly an old idea. And uh, one of the, of course, early uh, examples of that is, for example, the Great Depression, mm-hmm. where um, so many normal people were investing in the stock markets and hit by the Great Depression uh, and, and the ensuing panic. Uh, that you, you kind of have to think about the, the social aspect of it as well. Um, so these ideas have been around for a while. Uh, what makes a difference today uh, are a few things. First of all, the availability of those platforms means that these people can interact and transmit their ideas faster mm-hmm. and better. Uh, and of course, for us as researchers, we get to observe these interactions for the first time as well. Uh, and so those people who study, I guess, behavioral finance, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it, it was mostly around um, how we understand human behavior and then how we understand human behavior in relation to, to what other people do. Uh, and this was often studied in the context of laboratory experiments. So if you, you look at, um, you know, all these behavioral papers on uh uh, risk aversion and, and whatever else, uh, you know, they gather a group of students, they stick them in a room, pay them a certain amount and have them play certain games. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you you try to get away uh, with, with an understanding of how they behave. Whereas now with this data, uh, we, we have a bit more of a real time and quantitative feel for what is actually going on. So do you think that the, this, the way that this psychology operates is different on the internet? Because like obviously like you're you're exploring phenomena that 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 have existed in like humans just you know it's monkey see monkey do like mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a trope but it's a cliche but it's, it's real like people people will yeah, just no, sort of go with the crowd on things. certainly thinking uh, people are thinking more and more about this uh, I think yesterday I, I watched uh, an interesting talk by Mirta Galesic at the Santa Fe Institute and so. Um, a lot of those people are also really interested in what the internet is doing to how ideas are being transmitted and uh, what people believe. It used to be the case that you know you would grow up in a village if you had a, a strange idea of uh, you know the sun rotating around the earth, you might be considered you know a, a little strange, and uh, villagers might be a bit wary of talking to you about this. <laughs> uh, nowadays, you can go online and find people in those other villages to talk to, and. Uh, when when people build models of how these interactions are happening, uh, 
it, it produces polarization. It produces things like uh, a rapid spread in, in fake news and a variety of, of stock market phenomena. Uh, yeah, I, I think I also missed an earlier question of yours about this this consensus and, and contagion. Mm -hmm. So it's it's one thing for these things to produce a large following, mm -hmm. uh, so people finding out information about the stock markets and investing opportunities. It's another for them to actually agree on what to do about it, <laughs> and this is what we try to refer to as uh, as consensus. It's really the alignment of those expectations, and then eventually the, the actions that they take on those expectations. Uh, these are a big deal, uh, just because, you know, the stock markets are usually just an aggregation of everyone's individual beliefs and, and expectations. If all of them follow uh, the same line of attack, uh, you know, strange things happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about these ideas because, so one of the things that I've been looking at a lot for, for the writing of my book about this is that I've witnessed a lot of things start as jokes, hmm. become a hmm. meme, hmm. become widely spread, like, yeah, in, in the sort of contagion style of thing. But then it moves from being that into being a consensus because it becomes a meme. And a meme is not just like a, a picture, like it's an idea mm -hmm. that... that won't die. Like for example, right now, um, what's happening in the? I don't know how much attention you're paying to this. Like, I, I, I sometimes I forget that like real people don't like pay attention. They're, they're not on all of the <laughs> subreddits related to GameStop all the time. Like I am at the minute, <laughs> <laughs> of course. But uh, so what's happening at the minute is like it started this uh, this idea sort of sprung up about this thing called the Infinity Pool. So was, okay, okay, so. The, as the theory goes with like what happened with the short squeeze was mm -hmm. that yeah, the, the shorts have to cover, they've uh, uh, sold short more shares than exist. And uh, the thesis is that they never covered. Like when the price dropped in January, it wasn't because the, the shorts all closed their positions. Mm -hmm. So people began to say, well, you know, in the theory of the short squeeze, they have to buy back all the shares that they've sold short theoretically. Mm -hmm. I know it's not quite done quite work like that, but that's, that's the sort of yeah, mm -hmm. easy way of putting it. And uh, they said that, okay, so if, if say everyone that owns five shares or more of GameStop says, I'm going to put one share into the infinity pool, I will never sell that. Mm -hmm. So this position can never be closed. And the, the theory was like a joke that is like, well, if we all agree to not sell some of it, the price will go up to infinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but then it moved from being like a joke to something people were genuinely discussing to something that has now turned into um, people directly registering all their shares with GameStop's share issuer mm. in the hope that it will reveal how many shares are actually in circulation. And it's moved from like a joke to a meme that people talked about to a theory to something that has now become, I think there's 500,000 registered accounts um, okay. with computer share, that's GameStop share issuer. Um, and uh, the, the subreddits are just packed every day, like full of posts being like, oh, I've yeah. registered my shares, I've registered my shares, I've registered my shares. And I, I find it fascinating how we've moved from like joke to, to meme, to idea, to theory, to what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. such a cool um, like thing to witness, like the evolution of this idea. No, certainly. Um... 
I, I hadn't heard about this before, but I guess what I would say is, um, you know, on the other side of all of these trades, there's going to be someone else. And uh, just like with other pump and dump schemes, the idea is that, you know, you, you of course you always try to get people to buy it and then eventually you want to be the first one to sell it. So uh, it kind of makes you think about what will trigger about of selling. Uh, and what I mean by there's going to be someone else on, on the side of all those trades, uh, there are other big players in the market and they might observe what is going on and they probably also have some experience about how to, how to deal with this type of thing. Mm. Uh, so what would stop a fund from deciding to uh, buy GameStop now, knowing that uh, this will induce more people to buy more GameStop uh before closing their trades uh and if it is the case that that panic makes more people sell things faster uh that that could again just invite a crash um obviously it's it's really just a question of i guess how willing those people really are to coordinate on this mm. and that can change over time people get bored of things eventually as well yeah i mean i I would have thought that everyone would have been bored with GameStop by now, but the community is more obsessed than That's ever. That's true. It's yep. incredible to watch. I'm not like it, it flies in the face of everything I know about how communities work on the internet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Normally, they get bored, they get distracted, they start fighting, and yep. then it falls apart. Yeah, yep, these yep. people manage to stay so focused. It's incredible. Yep. For me, the interesting psychological thing is that they haven't been distracted; that they've just like kept going with it. People. Yeah. Ooh. What is driving this obsession? I don't know. I think it's it's like a, a desire to that they think they're gonna get rich. That's or, uh, you know, or some sort that's of one theory. They might just be very dedicated individuals. Uh, something cynical inside of me might think that there could be other actors at play as well. Mm. We've certainly observed uh, bot activity take up on Wall Street bets uh, already in mid 2020 which is also part of the reason why uh, when, when we wrote our paper, we did limit ourselves to data up until April 2020, because some of the patterns we observed afterwards were just a little suspicious. And I think if I recall correctly, uh, in January specifically, out of nowhere, silver became uh, an important factor. It's a distraction. And I guess so. Um, that was that was the that's what the community said. Like, the so, silver is a distraction. Uh, again, what would stop those people who are pushing silver from now again pushing GameStop and and taking ordinary people's money? Uh, I well, I mean, I can't say that. It, I can't say that that that's not definitely what happened. Uh, I do want to say I don't believe that the people who are, I think the people who started in GameStop and are still there, they thought it was about getting rich quick. But I've also now witnessed it turn from that to like revenge mm -hmm. to these people have to go to jail. Like that's where it's at. The the the, the phrase is no sell, no sell. Right. So like if these if the right. if the short sellers don't go to jail, yeah, then we're not selling, which is uh -huh. an amazing development. Uh -huh. But having having it started with like yeah, we'll just you know we'll all jump on, buy a few stocks, you know, bankrupt some hedge funds, we'll have some fun, and then we'll all walk mm -hmm. away filthy mm -hmm. rich. And it's gone from that to like now they want justice in a way. It's a, it's a weird development. Okay. But I'm I'm curious about this bot activity that you're talking about because 
uh, obviously it's been a thing that was talked about a lot online was mm-hmm. um, the second, I'm sure it was happening before January, 2021, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, there was like immediate, it's like, right, okay, well, this subreddit is compromised. It's filled with bots. It's being used by hedge funds or bad actors for pump and dump schemes to, mm-hmm. and yeah, the, the main accusation was that like things like silver were a distraction from GameStop because um, it was amazing. Actually, I remember logging in, I remember looking at the news and like seeing a few headlines be like, oh yeah, Reddit is targeting silver now. Like the short sellers forget, like move on from GameStop, yeah, they're exactly. onto silver. And there was like, exactly. thousands of articles about that. Yeah. And I went on the front page of Reddit, the top post, not like on Wall Street bets, like the top post on Reddit mm-hmm. was do not buy silver. This is a distraction. Because like, <laughs> Reddit was not saying go buy silver. This was someone else had decided to plant this idea. Mm-hmm. So like, what, what sort of bot activity were you seeing? And, and, and like, how were you able to identify it as bot activity? Oh, um, subjectively, uh, I, I honestly don't really remember what was going on in April. I think it was, um, I think Tesla was quite, uh, quite hyped at that time uh, with the whole stock split thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I can't point to any objective measure. That being said, it wouldn't be difficult for someone to do. Uh, again, I think at the Santa Fe Institute, there's a researcher, um, I believe, Phil Philip, uh, who has researched bot activity on, on Twitter. So there exists uh, objective measures uh, which you can use to find out the probability that a certain account is a bot. Uh, people are doing this, especially for Twitter, because obviously uh, it's it's quite a big deal there. Mm. Um, when it comes to Reddit, I don't know if anyone having done that before. Uh, we didn't get around to do it. I think for us, it was just a case of um, April 2020 is good enough. That's four years of data. We'll leave it at that. Mm. And and yeah, I'm afraid I can't really remember what, what ticked us off back then. That's right. The uh... The interesting thing, one of the interesting things that happened with one of the GameStop subreddits, r slash Superstonk, was they created a shill slash bot detecting machine mm-hmm. algorithm, yeah, whatever yeah, they were, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know exactly how, how it works, but they were scanning people's post history to try mm-hmm. and figure out if they were genuine um, retail investors, like actual people who wanted to be in this stock and how many yep. of them were like being paid or how many of it was like programmed bots mm-hmm. so it's fascinating to like watch people try and like admit that they make the accusations that yep. people are bad actors yep, or yep, bots yep. or shills um and then it's so difficult to tell is like how much of this is like i've disagreed with you of and course. therefore you're a shill i mean also uh, <laughs> on, on twitter i guess when you have an account that's posting a hundred thousand times a day that might be a bit of a giveaway and i think there have been certain measures like uh Twitter has limited the number of tweets to 4,000, but now these bots are programmed to delete their tweets and apparently that somehow uh, gets around that limit. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess between between just that and of course um, the timing as well, I, I think there should be some ways to at least um, find out what the probability that something is automated is uh, online. Mm. Like how, how much? Do you think this is like genuinely impacting the real world? Uh, sometimes quite a bit. Uh, I think what we came away with 
and something that we want to establish better in our next version of the paper is that I think over the years, uh, something like a thousand to five thousand stocks have been mentioned on Wall Street Bets, but only about ten uh, have really captured most of what people have been talking about. And these are mostly tech stocks, as you can imagine. Uh, they do love those, and uh, certain ETFs as well. Uh, spy, obviously, from COVID, mm -hmm. and uh, some gold, oil. I think shows up. Uh, so when we look at the data, we certainly observe uh, certain periods of time where some of those uh, top 10 stocks were discussed almost exclusively and very intensely. Uh, and the simple exercise that we did in the current version, which we hope to kind of elaborate on, is if we know that uh, some of Wall Street Bet's activity uh, stems because people were talking about that stock yesterday. Uh, yesterday, they don't know what is going on in the market today. So to what degree can we use activity yesterday to predict what is going on today? Mm. Uh, hoping that we extract some sort of more, more causal relationship, let's put it that way, uh, to the degree that the stock market is not uh, correlated over time, of course, which, mm. you know, whatever. Uh, and I think the biggest indicator we got there was really in trading volumes. So returns are always going to be noisy. They're always all over the place. Uh, and of course, you know, stock market is also thousands of stocks. So to identify one particular pattern uh, from, you know, 10 instances where Wall Street Pets got excited is, is difficult. Volatility uh, is serially correlated. So this kind of exercise doesn't work as well. But for trading volumes, uh, we, we have to say that we're kind of surprised as to how well these uh, cycles in Wall Street Bets mm. lined up with uh, patterns in, in trading activity um, on the actual stock market. Mm. Why do you think it's those 10? Like you identified like 10 stocks that I'm going to guess. Yep. That uh, through 2020 is definitely Tesla, AMD. That's right. Um, uh, no other tech was, uh, was was touted for a while, uh, but yes. Yeah, so why do you think those ten stood out? Like, is this is I this like a, is it an accident? Is it just like when whenever you're dealing with that sort of network effect that like you'll get? Uh, you could just it's just like a random selection of ones that like catch fire. Like no. if you if you were like throw a match onto something that was all flammable, like just with your eyes closed, that some of it would catch fire. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Yes, of course, of course. At that point, it really has to do with uh, the prior information that the users have. So uh, when we try to figure out uh, who those users are, uh, we can look at their activity outside of Wall Street Bets. And what we came away with is that, uh, you know, they're, they're mostly young males. And so uh, the subreddits that they're frequent will often be, you know, generic Reddit ones. But also things like the gaming subreddits. Uh, some of them are, you know, into building their own computers, and so they'll be familiar with AMD, and they'll be familiar with Intel. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, when AMD produced a new generation of um, fantastic processors, uh, they were the ones who believed they knew about it, and they were able to communicate that to a broader audience. Uh, you know. Uh, they 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 hype it up and uh, drive up the price of AMD and trading of AMD, of course. Um, 
and I think this uh, relates to the other stocks as well. So um, Tesla, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of material always going around Elon Musk. And so uh, people enjoy reading about that. Yeah. The people on Wall Street Bets enjoy talking about it. Uh, so that was always going to be a big hit. Uh, and then the rest are, are just other tech stocks that um, I think people of that particular background will be exposed to and, and knowledgeable about. Uh, Snapchat was an interesting one because it was one of the ones that was being shorted. NVIDIA, the, uh, that's, interesting. that's right. Uh, I think in, in the very early version of our paper, uh, we, we in fact actually showed the network of interactions on, on Snapchat. Uh, but this was also, I think, in 2016 or 2017. Uh, NVIDIA came out because of um, a couple of things. People were excited about its use in AI and uh, also Bitcoin mining. So in 2017, the price of Bitcoin shot through the roof, uh, you know, one of those many times. Uh, so to a certain degree, it's it's prior information that these users hold about things that are relevant to them. Okay, so it's just it's things that, that that community would would understand and things that they would be familiar with and That's like right. things that would just be like more widely popular rather than someone writing some real good DD. And of course, uh, of course, I would say a, a pinch of, you know, broad economic trends. So mm. oil and, and gold and uh, the spy, of mm. course, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So you say like you, you say that um, you've been you were looking at this in like 2016, 17. Mm -hmm. So like, is that is that? Is that when you sort of pinpoint this this really sort of taking off? Because Wall Street Bets as a subreddit was uh, founded in 2013, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I think no, 2012 actually, 2012, January okay. 2012. Yes. Well, so uh, yeah, is this is this something that like is 2016, 17? Is that when you would like pinpoint this became like a a phenomenon that was big enough that it was able to be detected hmm. in the wider market? Big enough, uh, yes, probably around 2016, 2017. The big uptake uh, that, that we observed took place in 2015, which um, coincides with the release of the Robinhood app. Uh, and, and that was really curious for us. So, so for a while, you know, there'll be about uh, one to 10 submissions a day with a handful of comments. And suddenly in 2015, it took off and uh, it, it was growing exponentially since then. Okay. Like so, uh, do you think it's still? Do you think this this is like a a trend that's here to stay? Like separate from the, the because what's really stunning is that most of the people who are involved in the GameStop saga mm -hmm, mm -hmm. are that's the only stock they hold. Right. That's it. Maybe they have some AMC as well, but generally, it's that's it. Their portfolio is sure. GameStop. Sure. That's it. So like, sure. I don't see that community as such as being like. The traditional retail investor anymore, not not in the way yeah. that like I say traditional. The phenomenon's <laughs> not that old, really. But the, the, it's not the the typical like person who's on Super Stonk and GME Jungle and things like that is not the same people that are on Wall Street Bets because Wall Street Bets actually got quite mad at one point because it the okay. subreddit got taken over by discussion about GameStop and like that's part of why yeah. they ended yeah, up leaving yeah. and of making course. their own things. Of course. There was also accusations that yeah. it was compromised by bots and shills and the moderators have been bought and things like that. Sure. But uh, the the phenomenon of, of retail investors like on Wall Street Bets, like A, discussing stocks and things on the internet mm, mm. and um, just like trading and people becoming more involved in the stock market generally do you think that's going to continue to increase or do you think this was like the 
the pandemic happened. Everyone was sat around bored. <laughs> oh, let's just, you know, we'll buy some, some call options and have some fun, you know. Is it something that's going to continue or is it like a, a function of the time that we were living in? It might be worth mentioning that GameStop was kind of a, a special yeah. event because of the, the short selling side. Mm -hmm. uh, they shorted over 100% of the available shares. So um, it was certainly a big opportunity for the retail investors to, to produce a big move in, in its price. Uh, these things could happen again. That's obviously hard to speculate on. As far as uh, this thing as an, as an internet phenomenon goes, uh, again, it happened before the pandemic. So it will probably happen uh, after the pandemic as well. Uh, and it doesn't have to be Wall Street bets, right? I guess um, we spoke about this earlier. What made Reddit special is just its structure and how it really pushes uh, viral content, mm -hmm. uh, things that as many people as possible want to believe in. Uh, it could be that there might emerge a new site or a new subreddit, uh, at which point, you know, it's it's really just a question of uh, either new users or, or, again, users just moving on to something else and, and finding another platform to coordinate on. Mm. Do you think, like, people have become of like, yeah, so like say our generation, are they more aware now of like just even the idea of of investing because of like what's happened over like the last year and a half or two years, like this phenomenon that's happened? Like, are, are we more conscious that saving doesn't work anymore because interest rates are about zero? <laughs> and uh, like it's like, well, you know, my money's sitting in a, a yeah. bank account making nothing. I may as well have some fun with it, basically. Do you think that's like, I think so. I think so. I think already with the financial crisis, there was a, a bit of a push to demystify finance, mm. so-called, if you will, uh, through movies like The Big Shorts, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, just just the popular concept of what made a banker or a trader a trader. Uh, so I think, yeah, our generation appears to have been taking finance a bit more seriously. Uh, 30 years ago, it was probably a bit of a nerdy thing and an un uninteresting to the public. And of course, yeah, uh, the interest rate is a, is, is a big part of that story as well, or not even the interest rate, but just broader macroeconomic trends. Mm. Uh, how, how much of it do you think is like that, you know, we've got crypto and now everyone, the, the people have just seen like crypto explode, they're like, mm -hmm. oh, maybe I should look at this. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that then they sort of dive a little further in and, mm -hmm. um, or, how, or how much of it do you think maybe is like people looking at, at, at the way the stock market functions and they're like, well, it's a casino. So we may as well place some bets too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a, a very big question. Uh, something that we started to work on more seriously. Uh, yeah, uh, the gamification of, of the stock market in short. Um, that's something that's really hard to uh, pin down, obviously, uh, you know, over centuries, what made the allocation of capital, uh, through the stock markets, uh, function has evolved, you know, even just through technology, computers, and, and eventually the internet. Mm. Um, how was I going with this? Uh, right. The gamification of, of the stock markets. Um, yeah, it's, it's something that will obviously warrant further research because, uh, it's, it's unclear what this will mean 
just for, I guess, imagine if you're a startup and uh, you want to raise money to finance your investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, traditionally, you sell part of your equity uh, ownership in that firm to yeah. raise money to invest. Uh, what if now that's just a toss of a coin? You know, it could be that you now have to include blockchain and uh, green energy in the name of your company to have people take it seriously. <laughs> uh, so so it, it does raise some of those questions, which um, are, are more difficult to answer, mm. to be frank. Uh, there's always been a mix of people trading in the market. Those were usually, you know, institutions, pension funds. Now retail investors appear to be taken more seriously. Um, I think only time will tell, mm. unfortunately. What do you think the the long term impacts of this are? Like, what do you what do you see as like the of of I mean, like the this phenomenon of retail investors getting involved in the market? Like, how mm-hmm. how do you see that changing, if at all, how how the financial world works? Well, uh, at the very least, you would expect there to just be more volatility, I suppose. Uh, if these if these big jumps do occur every now and then, um, I guess again you have to think about how the institutions would uh, would think about it. I guess one thing we came away with is that short selling became a bit less popular. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean uh, that that's something to think about as well, right? Uh, is it okay to just absentmindedly uh, take a position because you found a fundamental value for it uh, without worrying about what might happen to it in the short term? Uh, yeah, so I, I think in the long term, this will be on people's minds. Okay. So uh, the last thing I kind of want to ask you about is, uh, Basically, you, you've talked a little bit about the need to legislate to, to about about this mm-hmm. phenomenon, or like build some sort of framework of rules or something surrounding it. Like, well, what is it that you're concerned about that you think should be like legislated to control? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, do you think that, that that is ultimately the best place to begin with regulating finance? <laughs> well. Uh... Let's put it this way. If those Wall Street Bets users were bankers sitting in hedge funds, uh, we would be screaming market manipulation. I think the reason that's not happening here is because they're all anonymous mm. and there's, like you say, millions of them. Mm. So uh, that's not going to happen. I think uh, no one really knows, to be honest. Uh, you could say that there needs to be some education about the risks involved, because there will be. Mm. Uh, people will reply that Wall Street bets, you know, it's in the name, people are taking bets. Yeah. So uh, they they should be aware. Mm. Uh, you know, you, you can certainly see arguments for both sides being made. Uh, when it comes to actually concrete legislation that can be made, I think people are floating the idea of restricting, I guess, the trade of options. Uh, I think that's already the case. Uh, at least for for certain brokers, where you know you have to show that you've been buying or selling stock for I don't know five years before you can you can trade options. I guess Robinhood somehow does not follow that, so you, you can. I unfortunately it's something I don't know that much about. Uh, 
but yeah i guess someone should look into that <laughs> yeah no because i mean it's very difficult to, to for people to make that accusation of market manipulation i think because it's leaderless do you know what i mean you could of course unless there's unless there's someone saying okay i'm in charge here's what of we're going to do uh, and, and instead you just have a bunch of people arguing on the internet and some no, people absolutely. decide to you uh, know, make dis- like decisions based on the arguments so i uh, I mean, the point of a leader is, is to find someone to prosecute. Uh, that's not going to happen. But, um, you know, when, when it came to LIBOR as well, it was uh, banks colluding uh, tacitly. So they they didn't, I don't know, I, can, I don't think that they were communicating uh, publicly about what they were doing, obviously. And I don't think that there was necessarily one leader. Uh, and I'm sure you can think of other examples of, of situations where there were probably a few you know, funds, again, without a leader, just making the right trades at the right time and uh, or, or selling at the right time, as with Wirecard, I, I believe. Um, yeah, that's uh, unfortunately a difficult question to answer. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, but anyway, Julian, uh, I want to really thank you for your time um, and make sure you don't miss your train. <laughs> so is there anything that you would like to plug or point people towards? Um, I'll put the link for your paper, uh, Reddit Self-Organized Bull Runs in the, in the description. Is there anything else you want to point people towards? Uh, yeah, no, certainly. So if you're more interested in, in these sort of uh, herding dynamics on the internet, uh, my co-author Valentina Semenova is, is doing research on that. There's a group of uh, researchers at uh, the Santa Fe Institute as well. Uh, Samir Tegelesic is the name that I came away with, but I think there are others who are really looking at uh, these internet phenomena. And um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Okay, brilliant. Well, thanks for your time, man. It's been, it's been really interesting. Thank you very much, George. This was, uh, this was good fun. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate you tuning in and making it all the way to the end of the show. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.